Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome back. The East Coast Biased Boys are here. It's Joe House, Raheem Palmer, yours truly, John Jastrzemski. And fellas, a little bit of a twist on this week's episode because I'm going to put the football on the back burner. I think we're conveniently putting the football on the back burner, House, because I had my worst week of the year. So it's the perfect time. Yeah, I got absolutely destroyed. I mean, my clock got cleaned in more ways than one. But it's good to do some NBA futures totals. So on that note, boys, let's shake it. Yeah, JJ, this is my favorite time of year because we go from this this like mode where on on Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, even even with the Monday Night Football, if Monday Night Football is a dud. Uh, we're filling it. We're filling it back up. We've got games on every night of the week. There's stuff to watch. There's stuff to, to to gamble on. Hockey's right around the corner. I dabble in that every once in a while, just just for kicks, uh, just for kicks, we'll say. And then the NBA is two weeks out. We're we're sitting here, uh, getting ready to just bust out and roll for the next all the way till next summer. It's so good to be alive. Look, I'm excited about the NBA. I mean, you guys know last night I had a, a huge bet on Adelaide 36ers to beat the Phoenix God Suns bless you for that, outright. Boy. You're a so, brave I mean, man to me, Raheem. <laughs> we're, we're getting into the NBA right now. Like House said, it's every single day. So, I mean, there's games to bet on, and I'm, I'm just excited. <laughs> now, fellas, the Eastern Conference is going to be an absolute beast this year. You know, you think about narratives of NBA past when you would look at win totals, when you would think about what those magic numbers are going to be in order to make the playoffs. I felt like for years, really a good chunk of 10, 15, maybe even 20 years house, it would be that in order to be a playoff team in the Western Conference, you had to get to like 48, 50 wins. And if you couldn't get to that total, 
you weren't sniffing the playoffs. Well, I look at the Eastern Conference this year, and I see a whole lot of good teams. It means one of two things, though. Are we talking about a lot of parity? Are we talking about a lot of these teams beating up on one another where the win totals don't get as high? Or are we talking about a bunch of really good teams and we are still going to have those gaudy win totals even for six, seven, eight seeds? How do you see that playing out? JJ, it's funny that you size this up this way because as I was doing the research over the weekend and into today, I'm having a hard time coming up with a narrative that goes beyond the top eight. The top eight to me are locked in. They look solid as stone. I mean, all I'm trying to find value on uh, division outcomes. I'm trying to find value on make or miss the playoffs. I'm trying to find value on the play. And really the only intrigue and, in, you know, and, and we're setting aside injury, bad luck, because that, that obviously can affect all of this, but just based on the way these lineups look, the way that what the teams did in the offseason and how everything is is set up here. I see eight very solid teams. And then maybe we can dabble a little bit in in like the, the play-in market, but there isn't a ton of of intrigue. It's just a matter of, to me, very much like last season, which one of these teams in the last week will be motivated to go and try and win the one seed? Because Last season, it came all the way down the last two or three games. The Celtics played it out all, all the way out and got that one seed. But, you know, uh, otherwise, I, I think there are a bunch of teams. They could all, all the top eight could finish between 48 and 53 wins. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Raheem, are you having a hard time in the Eastern Conference because of the quality of teams within the East? Or do you still think it makes it a little easier because there are teams that you specifically believe in and teams you don't? I think there's teams that I specifically believe in. And I think there's teams that I think are going to underperform. And there's teams that overperform. I mean, look, there's always surprises. You look at a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Last year, nobody expected them to be that good. They go out there and win 44 games and almost make the playoffs. And despite a ton of injuries. You look at the Chicago Bulls for the first half of the year, they kind of surprised everybody. And and so it's like there's always going to be things like that. But... A team that I like this year, I like the Philadelphia 76ers. Wow, I have a feeling we're all going to like the Sixers. I I hate to say it, and maybe Daryl Morey's listening, or maybe the Podfather has influenced us. I, uh, Raheem, I'm so glad that you're starting with the Sixers because I feel like I'm going to be invested in them in more ways than one, and I'm just already like preparing myself mentally to be heartbroken on my future that I'm going to have on them uh, in the weeks, in the months, in the days ahead. Just saying. I mean, look, when you look at what Daryl Morey has done, and, and, you know, we said this last year, you got to give Daryl Morey an offseason to put together uh, the the combination of role players to surround Joel Embiid and James And Hart. his you type know? of team. Let's be honest, Raheem. His type of team. Because he inherited a team that necessarily wasn't his type of team, you know? Exactly. I mean, obviously, you got De- you got DeAnthony Melton. You know, you got P.J. Tucker, so the defense is going to be better. James Harden is going to be – he's finally going to be able to rehab during the summer because, you know, he was coming off of that that hamstring injury. So he's going to be healthier. Like, you add Daniel House. They have wing play. They Like, this is a much better team. And then Tyreek Maxey, he's going to make a leap forward. I like them over 51.5 wins. I like them to win a division plus 300. I, I like them to win the NBA title. I think you kind of got to play their futures everywhere. Plus 1,600 to win the NBA title. Like, I'm all over Philly, Philly this year. I just think they're in a great spot in the Eastern Conference. All right, Dream. Well, look, I, I see a number. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. It's at 50 and a half, and you can get that number at minus 115 
So curiously, the public hasn't been jumping into that over, but they won 51 last year. Now here are the big question marks. Joel Embiid played 68 games last season. That was the most games he's played in his entire NBA career. He played at an MVP level, and he had to do that because the team had to deal with the craziness of the Ben Simmons situation. And and Joel put the team on his back. What, what that had ultimately in terms of effect, it led to the breakout of Tyrese Maxey. And what Maxey did all, all season long, 74 starts he ended up having. And, you know, that they uh, figured out so- something over the course of the year with him in terms of him being a reliable uh, go-to or reliable scorer. We saw it in, in the playoffs. So I love what they did in terms of replenishing the depth. They took it on the chin by trading Drummond and um, Seth Curry as part of the Harden deal and never really had an answer when it came playoff time for for that, you know, that talent drain. But I think they did a decent job in this offseason. Uh, you guys hit the, the the mark with the idea that that Maury's got a team. He's crafted a team that that fits his eye. And I'm on, I like them. I already had them circled at that plus 300 to win the division. I like them very much at minus 115 to get over 50 and a half wins. And everything could go awry if Embiid gets hurt, but, you know, they're loaded up. Guys, let's get to a team that I don't like. I love that we're all on board with Philly. That's a good start right out of the gate. I'll tell you a team I'm selling stock in. I thought they played poorly down the stretch. They had issues down the stretch. I think they overperformed. Raheem, you hit on them. The Chicago Bulls. I am seeing their over-under at 41 and a half. And with the improved nature of the Eastern Conference, a team like Atlanta has gotten better. Uh, Cleveland has clearly gotten better. I don't know if I necessarily believe in the Knicks, but by adding Jalen Brunson, they have gotten better. Detroit has gotten better. To me, I look at Chicago as a team that's not within the top eight. I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think they have a winning record. I'm out on the Bulls. I am selling my stock on the Bulls. Now, full disclosure, last year I had the Bulls as an under. I didn't believe, and I looked like an idiot for the first half of the year. Second half of the year, I felt like I had some more vindication. I'm selling their stock again under Chicago, 41 and a half. Do I have any takers? Okay, so I agree with you, right? But you have to understand this is a market and their win total opened up at 43 and a half. And with this being a market, this this got bet down to about 41. So to me, I don't think there's value in taking the 41 because I think that's just about right. Now, I agree with you 100%. I think, you know, obviously Lonzo Ball getting hurt, that completely changes the structure of this team and how they perform defensively. Um, when you look at DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan probably had the best year of his career. He hit a bunch of game winners, and that kind of got them to a place where, you know, they probably won more games than they should have won. I think Billy Donovan is a top-tier coach, so I think they're going to be right around that mark. The bet that I like the most for this, I probably would play them to miss the playoffs at minus 150 as opposed to playing the the over-under because I think, you know, you got to understand, their defensive collapse last year, it happened when Lonzo got hurt and Caruso got got hurt. And then obviously they had Patrick Williams out. So I think you're going to have Patrick Williams and you're going to have Caruso. So the defense should be a little bit better. And I think... Billy Donovan is going to get them around that 39-40 win mark. I just, to me, I just think the value has been sucked up at, it, at the current number. I think it's been priced in already. 
I'm not going to argue with any aspect of that, Raheem. They're on FanDuel right this second as we tape at 41 and a half. The under is minus 102. So they're trying to get you to jump into that, that under at that price. They had 46 wins last year. And so they have to win five less games to, to, for this under to hit, for that 41 to come through. It's not implausible. They started off the season 26 and 10 last year and then went 20 and 26 over the balance of the season with all of the injuries to Caruso and DeBall. And we, who knows? This is, it's a bummer. It's just a goddamn bummer that Lonzo is dinged and it doesn't seem like we have a timeline for when he might be back and, and you know, the, the prospects for his return just don't look good. 20 and 26 is a 36 win pace. And I think there's somewhere between the 46 wins of last year and 36 wins. And that's right there at 41, 41 and a half. The bet that I like is them to make the, the East play in tournament. And that's at minus 110. That means they have to be in the top 10 in the East to make it into that, that, that tournament. Seven through 10 is, are the spots. Um, and that's exactly what fits uh, my eye. 39 wins, 40 wins. That should put them in that play-in tournament. Minus 110 for that. That's the way that I would play the Bulls. I, I like that. I think, I think that's probably the better bet. Like I, I agree with you, House. I like that. I don't know if I'd necessarily get on board with that. I just am buying too much regression with the Bulls, and I do think mm-hmm. we're going to see some teams within the Eastern Conference emerge. We'll talk about a few of those coming up in a little bit. Uh, I, I, I'm staying off that one, buddy. You know I love a family play, but I am not getting involved with the Bulls at all. So, JJ, you, know, you think you you think they're going to win like 35 games? Like, you yes, think they're cooked? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Wow. I'm down on the Bulls this year. I'm, I'm and, down and that, on the Bulls. It also means then if they're not going to be the ninth or the tenth team that you have two other teams in mind for filling those ninth or tenth. Because one, one through eight in the East is stacked. Pretty stacked, yes. Nine and ten. If if the Bulls aren't in there, do you have some candidates? Possibly, I do. I do have some candidates, and one of them is not necessarily a team that I'm going to bet as far as an over. But I do believe they had so many things go against them last year. The Knickerbockers. I knew it. I knew they you were going to say the Knicks. Listen, oh, listen I'm, not, well, I'm, I'm very down on them as a franchise. I think you guys okay. know that. I'm beaten down by them. However. Are they closer to the team they were last year, two years ago, somewhere in the middle? To me, I think they're somewhere in the middle. I don't think they're as good as they were two years ago when everything went right. And I don't think they're as bad as they were for a good chunk of last year. And you throw in the fact that you're adding Jalen Brunson in that mix. The Tibbs factor scares me because there are younger players on that team that need to play. And I don't know if they're necessarily going to play. But one thing about the Knicks, guys. When Derrick Rose plays, they're a different team. And I don't know how many games you're getting out of Derrick Rose. I don't know if Derrick Rose can play 20 games, 40 games, 60 games. But I do think if you have Brunson with Derrick Rose in the mix, all of a sudden that instability they had in the backcourt, it seems a little bit more competent. Like if you're giving me a choice right now to back the Bulls or to back the Knicks, I would back the Knicks. I absolutely would. I I think you're crazy just because I think Tom Thibodeau is like he's on his way out. I mean, you got guys like Emmanuel Quickly who need more minutes, and he still wants, like, he's not going to give him and Obi Toppin the minutes that they need to play. So to me, it's like the strength of this team is the bench, but like like you said, he's he wants to play those veteran guys. So to me, I'm worried about that. I also don't think Jalen Brunson is a great fit for this team. Like, I, I think, you know, look, I love Jalen Brunson. 
Villanova guy. And you you know I'm from Philly, so I kind of rep Villanova, Temple, all the big five schools. But, like, that Mavericks team that he you know, he dominated with in the playoffs, they had a ton of shooter, shooting around him. You know, and it's just, I, I don't know if that's the case. Like, Julius Randle doesn't have a pass button. Like, I just, I'm not that crazy about this Knicks team. And to me, I think you have a worse coach with the Knicks, with Thibodeau, than Billy Donovan in Chicago. And I, I just, look, I, I think Zach Levine is probably the best player out of both of these two teams. So it's just, I don't know, it's tough for me. Probably, but you do see have, you, you do have now an emerging R.J. Barrett, who's gotten better every single year. That's fair. And if I could get him to another level, I feel better about it. And I'm not saying I'm playing the Knicks isn't over. I just think in comparison to the Bulls, they are right there. That's basically the point I'm trying to make. And JJ, we, we started this off by talking about who who's going to potentially land the play-in. And we're talking about really the nine seed and the 10 seed. And and the Bulls and the Knicks can both be uh, in, in those in those spots and make the play-in. The, the Knicks are, are out there at plus 125 as a play-in candidate. The Bulls are minus 110. I like the Bulls slightly better than the Knicks. My biggest problem with the Knicks, and, and Raheem mentions is Julius Randle. Until they See, come to me, up with he's some... a bigger problem than Thibodeau. Because he's a this. ball stopper. Yeah. I agree. He doesn't have a place on the team. That's right. And Toppin's minutes get screwed because of Randall being their house. Totally agree. Yeah. So I, I, you know, until they solve that situation, they're just just a, a stay away to me in every every which way. Um, but if the Bulls are, are all the way down and the Knicks are in, you have to name one more team to get into the play in. I'm trying to tempt you. Uh, it's not going to be your Wizards. <laughs> it's, it's not. Look, it's not gonna, here's the thing. It's not going to be the Wizards and it's not going to be the Hornets. Like, so who's the, it going to be? I want to get involved, guys. It's all right if you call me crazy. <laughs> I know what you're about to say. But say I do it. too. Just say it. <laughs> I want to get in on the Pistons. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I knew it. So I cool. do. I, yeah. I do. I want to get nuts. Maybe they could be last year's Cleveland. I, I want to get in. Guys, we talked about this last year, how good the Pistons were to us. I want to get involved. I do. So here's the thing, JJ, that, that helps the case quite a bit. Cade Cunningham, a rare rookie who got better as the year, as the went, year on. went on. Not worse. Yes. From... The All-Star break through to the end of the season, the Pistons went 10 and 14 post-All-Star break. And, you know, that 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 um, translates into uh, a win percentage that has them in the, like the mid-30s or so. If you believe that like a 34-35 win team can get into that play-in because you have the the, uh, the the Bulls dropping so far down. And, and they... they there can't be no argument that they they got better in the offseason. The Jalen Dern draft pick was very good. The Ivy draft pick was very good. And I think underrated Nerland Noel, Nerland Noel as a as a rim stopper, you know, he 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 uh had a little bit of success with New York. Kind of a veteran presence. I don't I don't hate it uh for, for Detroit. Now, I'm looking at the odds on FanDuel, and I assume make the playoffs means they're one of the eight teams, not the plan. To make the playoffs, they're plus 880. That's crazy. They're not going to be, but the playing, here we go. See, the playing odds are far more favorable. What do we think? Raheem, what do you think the playing odds are? They have to be what? Um, shoot, what, 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 what are they? I'm curious. <laughs> plus 380. I'm taking a stab <laughs> at that. I don't care if I'm on an island by myself. I'm taking a stab at it. Uh, I'm doing I don't it. love it. That's fine. I'm in. Plus 380, I need to, I, that will give me a team to root for in the play in all year. 
Pistons. By the way, your Wizards are plus one seventy five house. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. You, I, you seem like a guy who's already invested. By the way, I'm not. I'm not. I'm staying away from the <laughs> Wizards. I, I, the, them in the ten speed ten spot um, wouldn't shock me, but it means they have to jump over the Knicks and and the Bulls, and I'm not prepared. So to go Raheem, there. you don't have a surprise a, a surprise team candidate in the Eastern Conference. I don't have one in the East, but I have one. I have one in the West. So you got to save that for tomorrow. Okay, yeah, we got to save that for tomorrow. But I was going to say we're not doing the West today. We're only doing we're the East. We're not doing the West. I'll say that for tomorrow. But look, you look at the Pistons. They're 29. I mean, their win total is 29 and a half. Juice to the over minus 122. So it seems like a lot. It seems like the market does agree with you. I'm just. I I, think the sense the two of you have with Detroit. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think the two of you think they're a year away. They're a year away. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think so, too, especially with Ivy. That they'll be better, they'll be in the mix, but they're a year away. That's exactly how I feel. I, I think they'll be better, but they're just a year away. And, it, I mean, look, I like some of the pieces they brought in. Obviously, you bring in Bogdanovich, you bring in Burks, you bring in Noel, you you bring in Knox. So I do think they're going to be better, but, I mean, you got a lot of young pieces. I, I'm just not sure if I'm ready to jump in on the play-in tournament piece. I, I think, look, a lot of NBA teams go on runs in March. In February and March, the season's ending. You know, like the the good teams are getting ready for the playoffs. So I don't want to weigh that so heavily. And I think that's 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 one of the dangers of you know going into the following season. So I could get there on the win total at twenty nine and a half. I just don't know if I I can't get there with the playing tournament. Let's get to the big boys, fellas. So no surprise teams for either one of you coming out of the Eastern Conference. Big boys. If there is a team that you're looking to sell stock in. We all like Philadelphia. We all think Philly's going to be a top four team. We're betting their win total. Uh, We're going to get involved with their future to win the title. That's all well and good. House, I have a feeling out of the big teams in the Eastern Conference, there's one in particular. And you haven't told me this. I'm just guessing because I know you well. There's a team I know out of the big boys you're looking to sell. Ain't that right? Well, I... Think that you think that I'm going to say the Nets. Correct. That, the, that, the that would have been situation. my guess. That is correct. <laughs> but I'm not going to go there. And the reason that I'm not going to go there is because we, we've learned the hard way uh, that Kyrie Irving is going to do what we least expect when we least expect it. And what if that guy shows up to 75 games this year and plays hard basketball because he wants to get one more contract. He knows that the TV rights are coming down the pike. He wants one more contract that, that's like, you know, three years, $120 million, and he comes out and plays all-star level basketball. You can't say that the, that's impossible. You can't dismiss it out, out of hand. If he does that, and Ben Simmons, you know, he did all the right things this summer. He's showing up. He's working out with the team. He's talking about how he can't believe how good the combination of Durant and Kyrie are. The Nets themselves quietly got better in the offseason. They had some very nice acquisitions. The uh, 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 the guy from uh, Utah. And it's addition by sub- subtraction a little bit uh, as well. I mean, they have uh, uh, they got rid of, of, of Drummond. Um, who wasn't really a very good fit for them. Um, and they brought in, uh, they have Joe Harris returning. So I, I the, the Nets to me are, are a little bit scary. I don't like the the the, the number there. 51 and a half is the total. The under is, is minus 142. I'm not laying juice to, to you know, mess around 
with that. And the, the, the big question always with, with the Nets is, is how many games is Kevin Durant going to play? But if he plays, I don't know, 55 games, I, I don't want to say 60 because he hasn't been there in a while and it doesn't really make any sense. If Kyrie plays, a, if they, they both play in the neighborhood between 55 and 65 games, then there isn't any reason. They won 44 games last year with the haphazard approach that they had. I, I could see them in the low 50s um, without too much trouble. I think the thing that concerns me with this this Nets team, and I look, I took some Nets at plus fifteen to one earlier this season, just be, early this offseason, just because I felt like Kevin. That's Durant way wasn't too good a number. You know yeah. what, Raheem? Now, did you take that when the Durant rumors were still a swirling, or did you take that when it was officially announced that he was going to be back? I took it when it was swirling because I, I just see, I, that was I good. Had, that was you're I just felt like he wasn't going to because you know when he goes back, and now you have a ticket. On Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at 15-1 to to win the NBA title. That's good value. Regardless of how dysfunctional they may be, that's a great ticket to have, dude. I'm jealous. Yeah, like I I just felt like Kevin Durant wasn't going to get traded. And I think him and Kyrie really want to make it work. They're best friends. And then Ben Simmons has something to prove. So I think this team, look, this team is going to have a top five offense. We saw with Kyrie and Kevin Durant on the floor, scoring 120 points per one of possessions. And look, their defense is going to be bad. But you add Ben Simmons, you add T.J. Warren. I don't know when he's going to get back. You add Markeith Morris. Um, you get Joe Harris back. You got Steph Curry. So it's just like this is going to be a solid roster. So it's just, look, I can see them making some noise in the playoffs, but it's just the defense is just so bad. that I mean, I just – and honestly, for the regular season, I don't really want to touch their win total just because – I can't go near the win total from this standpoint, guys. I don't know how many games they're going to play. Yeah, it's really absolutely. as simple as that. Like mm-hmm. I have house a way easier time investing in seven to one in Brooklyn to win the NBA title because I'm like, all right, I'm getting a good number with two all time great players. They put it together. They have a great year. They're a team that could go win a championship. But as far as them and regular season pursuits, as great as they may look for a month or two in a regular season, the ramp pulls a groin. Kyrie goes on hiatus. Like I, I for one don't want to live the roller coaster of the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not planning under, but there's no way in the world I'm getting involved in a win total. That's a pass for me. Totally agree with this, and that 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 makes it a stay away. the The big boy team that I'm down on, and it's like the most obvious situation now, and we're going to be everybody's going to be talking about it in all these run up pods is the Celtics. I mean, what, yeah. what, what happened to them and setting aside the leadership issue altogether, they have a Robert Williams and Al Horford problem. That's the most prominent problem that they have. The defense that they came up with that led them to rattle off, you know, they went 33 and 10 over their last 43 games and ended up with at only 51 wins uh, because of how they started off. Robert Williams and a lot of people did the the deep dive, the the analytics prove it out, and the the, the stories about how they um, reimagined his role and the contribution to to defense, the defensive strategy that they were able to land upon. All those stories that we saw last spring that led to them on this un, unbelievable run into the finals, and all the advanced uh, analytics were you know, uh, uh, patting themselves on the back because of um, the fact that that defense carried the Celtics all the way through, I don't know if they can replicate that without Robert Williams. And and Horford, I think we saw the very, very best version of Al, Al Horford in those playoffs 
and in those finals, it just doesn't seem sustainable to me, nor should it be. The important thing for the Celtics is to be ready for the playoffs. It doesn't help them any to go win 55 to 60 games. I mean, you know, they they have the, the very solid front seven if you believe that Brogdon will play and it will be a reliable contrib- c- contributor. But there's the question, of, of Mark, around Ro- Robert Williams when he returns and the pressure that that translates into on Al Horford in terms of, of maintaining the level of defense that they established last year, it's just a bridge too far for me. And now let's talk about the fact that they have an interim coach in a completely effed up situation at the top of this. And, and, and it's having an impact on the guys. Marcus Smart last week talking about how the whole, the whole experience has been hell. And, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of those kinds of stories as more information comes out about what went down with Ime. I mean, it's going to be bad and it's going to be hanging over their head through the first part of the season. Every time a new piece of information comes out, the players are going to have to talk about it. It's not a good situation, in my opinion. I don't disagree. And you throw in the fact that the Celtics were just so damn good all of last year throughout the regular season. Like the second half of the year, they were unbeatable basically throughout you know, January, February, March into April, playing at such a high level, knowing how improved the Eastern Conference is as a whole, you almost had to expect a little regression in the mean. Then you throw in the Udoka scandal. Then you throw in what's going on with Hawford and Robert Williams. I think it, guys, am I crazy to say it's an under? Or is that too cliche, Raheem? You're not, you're not crazy at all. And actually, you know, this win total actually opened up at 55. It's been bet down to 53 and a half. And I got a stat for you guys that you guys will find, like, really interesting. Teams with a win total of 50-plus are 31-16-1 and one to the under the last 10 years. Shout to my former colleague, Matt Moore, for sending that to me today. But that's, that's win totals over 50, correct, Raheem? I want to make sure I yes. have that right. Win okay. totals over 50 are 31-16-1. and one. 31, 16, and 1 to the If you bet any unders. So basically, long story short, House, if you bet unders on these 50-plus win totals, we're making a whole lot of loot. There's a great price right now. It's only minus 110. Like, they haven't juiced the under at all. You don't have to pay extra to get the under. The Nets, you got to pay through the nose. Minus 142 to get a Nets under. Celts under, 53 wins for them is a very good season. And it's still minus 110. Yeah, so if you're looking at Eastern Conference over-unders, you're looking at Philly at 50 and a half. You're looking at the Bucks at 52 and a half. You're looking at the Celtics, 53 and a half. And I think you're looking at the, the, the Nets at 51 and a half. So, I'll tell you the one that's 50-something that I don't want to get involved with an under, Milwaukee. Without a I, doubt. <laughs> I think Milwaukee is coming out like gangbusters all year. Uh, I think they're pissed off about what happened in the playoffs against the Celtics. They have a superstar who embraces the idea of playing day in and day out throughout the regular season. Like, that's one thing you look at the Nets. You don't know how many games you're getting out of Durant. You don't know how many games you're getting out of Irving. You know Giannis wants to be out there. You know Giannis wants the ball. If I'm getting involved with that win total, and I don't like playing them when they're over 50, Raheem. That's usually one of my rules. I don't like like rooting for 55 or 56 because – too many things can happen. All it takes is one little thing, and then boom, you're out. You guys out for two or three weeks, and you feel like your win total is screwed. I, I think Milwaukee's winning north of 55 games. I think they're going to be beasts. I agree. I mean, when you look at the Mike Budenholzer era, he's won 60 games, 56. The third year, obviously, was a pandemic shortened season. They were 46 and 26. They probably go over. Last year, 
They're coming off a, a, a championship. Everybody's hurt. They still win 51 games. So, look, if they win 51 games with all of those guys hurt, I mean, like, Drew Holiday was banged up. Giannis was banged up. Middleton was banged up. They still won 51 games. This is an easy over. I mean, I personally, like you said, I don't like to take those those overs at 50, 52, 51, but I think they go over with ease. Well, the other aspect of this, and what I like e- even better, is playing the Bucks to win the Eastern Conference at better than 3-1 to one odds. They are, their odds are, are behind the Celtics. The Celtics are plus 270. The Bucks at, at plus 320. For all the reasons we just outlined, I absolutely uh, love them and think they're prepared to come in, kick ass, and take names this season. And I'm, I like getting them at better than three to one odds at this point of the season. Boys, I'm going to throw two teams at you. And I'm going to let you try to make the argument to me that we're going to see one team maybe take a dip and one team per- potentially find a way to, dare I say, ascend. Raheem, are we living in a world this year where the Atlanta Hawks finish with a better record than the Miami Heat? Ooh, this is an interesting one. Um, I knew it would be. That's why I teed it up that way. Because I was thinking about it today, and I said, mm, maybe. Okay, here's my thing. I'm When I look at the Miami Heat, to me, they're a well-oiled machine. They're, like, they're basically like the Spurs East. And that... No matter who's out there, they're going to find a way with their organization to win games. I'm not sure that's the case with the Atlanta Hawks. Now, obviously, you 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 add a piece like De- DeJounte Murray, which makes them a lot better, in my opinion, because, you know, he's going to help the defense and he's going to take the ball out of Trey's hand. He's going to get them a secondary ball handler, which they never had before. But I'm not high on Nate McMillan at all. I think, you know... His time in 2020, 2021, where he led the Hawks to go 27 and 11 over the second half of the year, led them to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that was a fluke. So they've been trying to ship out Collins. He's still with the team. I'm going to go with the Heat reluctantly just because I I just like their organization better. Man, I I can't. I mean, it feels like... uh... You're giving me some old soul here, Raheem. This is exactly the way that I size these 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 things up. I'm like, you know, I'm not going against Pat Riley. Pat Riley. The thing with the Heat, and and it goes right to Raheem's point, JJ, um, is you can never count them out of trying to get better. If they see a deal that comes together, this is why when when we saw Tyler Hero get signed to the extension, 130 million bucks, I'm like. Hey, Tyler, don't go buy a bunch of real estate in Miami. Whatever you do, buddy, don't don't get too uh, uh, excited about what's going on there. I, I, I think, you know, anytime um, a giant name shows up as, as becoming available in this league, you got to count the heat as a potential contender for it. And it goes to their institutional continuity, their institutional stability, the way that they approach, you know, the thing like it's not a fluke. Raheem talked about the Hawks run to the Eastern Conference Finals and it, as being a fluke. It's not a fluke that we see Miami constantly contending in this way, like one shot away, one Jimmy Butler three away, really, for last season, you know, getting right back, right back into it. And we saw the heat in that in the in the summer camp finals. Now, you know, I make fun of that that finals that the Lakers won. But again, it shows uh, it speaks to the institutional strength of the Heat under adverse circumstances to pull together a team that can go out and compete really under any any circumstances. I like the Hawks just fine. I think that they are one of the top eight. I think that they could win 46 or 47 games. 
all those things are good things as it makes for a, a good season. And maybe something interesting happens in the playoffs, but they're not going to be better than the Heat. So you guys in on Atlanta, but not in on Atlanta enough to eclipse Miami. Fair enough. You know what? I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is a really tough one. Like, it, it's it's almost because look, I look at the Hawks. They're going to be a top tier defense. Like, what are they, last year, they were second in offensive rate. If they can just get their defense to mid tier, I think they're one of the top. They could, they could possibly win that division. So if I'm looking from a value standpoint, and I'm looking at the Southeast Division, I'm probably playing the Hawks. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. The Hawks at plus 180, I'm probably playing it over the Heat at minus 180. Just because, like, the Heat, obviously, they lose P.J. Tucker. Jimmy Butler's a year older. Kyle Lowry's a year older. And I, I, I just don't know what they're going to do at power forward. Like, it's just... It's tough, but I just think I know the Hawks are going to have a top tier defense. Like Trey Young is that good. So if I'm looking from a value perspective, I think you got to play the Hawks to win the Southeast Division. Um, but I'm just I don't know if I'm going to get involved. Boys, we're going to leave everybody with a parting gift: favorite over, favorite under, favorite future. Could be win the East. Could be playing whatever the case may be. Triple threat: over, under. Future. House, I'm starting with you. My favorite over and my favorite future are the same team. I feel like the Toronto Raptors are perfectly positioned to very quietly make a little bit of noise. We haven't mentioned them, by the way. I, I love that we haven't mentioned them yet. Very, yeah. very convenient. I like it. Very quietly, they just sort of continue along. I think that Scotty Barnes in his second year, now that he's really got, you know, the opportunity. With, with this this team, if you can stay healthy, I'm knocking on wood. I'm really rooting for it. But FEV, uh, Scotty Barnes, my boy Pascal Siakam, um, the Raptors are available at plus 900. This is the future that I like at nine to one to win the Atlantic division. And what they have in front of them in that division are three teams with a bunch of question marks. The Sixers, will Joel, Joel Embiid be able to play 60 games? The Nets, who the, know, who the hell knows how many games Kyrie and Kevin Durant are going to play? The Celtics, we just went through all the reasons why their situation might be unstable. The Raptors are just sitting there. Their, their win total is 46 and a half. I love the over. They did that last year. Uh, and the, the plus 900, 9 to 1 to win the Atlantic division, that feels like tremendous value to me. The under that I like is the Celtics under at this price right now, minus 110, 53 and a half. Again, if they win 53 games, it's better than last season. And they're still in the top tier of the East and, and, and I win my bet. So I like that under. I think you guys know where I'm going with this. Under Chicago Bulls. Sign me up right now. Under Chicago, 41 and a half. That's where we started it off. That's where I'm wrapping it up. As far as my favorite over, Raheem, I'm taking the words right out of your mouth. I'm in on Philadelphia this year, dude. I'm in <laughs> on the Sixers. Give me the Sixers. It's 50 and a half wins. Now, I know that you're banking on decent health out of Joel Embiid, but I do think they have enough pieces with the emergence of Maxi and with Horn being there to hit that total, even if he misses, I don't know, 10 to 15 games. I think Philly's going to have a monster year. And then the futures, listen, I'm cheating. I'm giving you guys two. I like Milwaukee to win the title. I'm in on that. And then I got my Detroit Pistons. That's right. Detroit basketball to make the play-in at a little under four to one. So that's a bonus future. A bonus future. All right, Raheem? I like that. Okay. 
So I have, I have three things I want to talk about. So obviously, I gave you guys the Philadelphia 76ers. I like them over 50 and a half wins. I like them to win the division plus 300. I think, you know, when you when you bet those, you got to have you got to have the championship in the, in the Eastern Conference in your portfolio. I want to talk about the Orlando Magic. I like the win total over 26 and a half wins. Wow. I think you're just trying to suck up to Steve Cerruti and Kevin Clark. I think that's really <laughs> what you're trying to do right now. Right? Oh, no. Are you like, I, I had no idea that they were fans. They are delusional Orlando Magic fans. Uh, they were, And I love those two. They are brilliant, brilliant minds. They are two of the best that the ringer has to offer. House, they were all in on the Chet Holmgren bandwagon. And now Chet, <laughs> who's made of glass, is already hurt. I think they'll be all right with Banchero. Just saying. I think they'll be all right. I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to hear this rationale from the dream. Okay, first things first. I like the life of Paolo. Uh, like I, okay. I went the I went the whole I went the whole year thinking his name was Pablo, <laughs> but he's the life of Pablo. <laughs> no Kanye West, but look, I'm a bit I'm really high on Wendell Carter. You know I, I think he's um, he's solid. But you get Jonathan Isaac back, you get Cole Anthony back, you get Marco Falks back, and look in the NBA today you gotta have ball handlers. So to not have Cole Anthony and Marco Falks in the lineup last year that hurt them. So, I mean, they won 21 games last year. I, I just think they make the leap this year. Um, and I, I just think the, the pieces that they add, they, they, it, it just gets them there. So it's just like, I, I think, you know, defensively, I think they're going to be solid. Like, it's just maybe they're not the best offensive team, but like, I think they get, this 20, I, get I think they get the 27 wins. I, I really do. And then the last team that I really want to talk about, um, you know, obviously, I, I think we can't leave this podcast without talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers because I got to get okay. everybody's like the. It's like right now their win total opened up at forty one and a half wins. I think we're up to forty seven, and obviously the trade for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it it kind of makes them contenders on like on a lower level. It, it, I'm not going to say that they're the Bucks or they're the Celtics, but look, Donovan Mitchell is probably one of the best volume scorers in the league. And he can shoot the three. And what was the issue with the Cavaliers last year? They couldn't score. Couldn't they had, score. They, yeah, they had one guy. So, I mean, obviously you got Jared Allen, you got Evan Mobley. I mean, a lot of us are looking at Evan Mobley like the second coming of Tim Duncan. So I want to know, are you guys interested in playing that win total over still at 47? Or are you guys kind of sitting that out? I'm sitting that one out. I'm going to tell you why I'm sitting that one out. Chemistry issues. Cleveland last year had a fantastic vibe about them and had a fantastic chemistry. And they need scoring. Mitchell on the surface should absolutely help them. That goes without saying. I just think it's going to take them some time to figure it out. And I think because of the fact that it's going to take them some time and you may have some younger players regress a little bit, it happens with younger guys as good as they might be. They may have a year where they take a little bit of a step back I don't want to get involved with 47 and a half. Now, full disclosure, guys, I would not be surprised if Cleveland won 55 games and said, the hell with all that. Donovan Mitchell's a star. The defense is still really good. And they're still an unbelievable team in the Eastern Conference. Conference is better. I'm a believer in that vibe and that gelling nature. I'm staying away. I actually lean under if I had to play it, but I'm staying away. I am also staying away, but... It's only because of the tiny variance between 40, 46 wins and 52 wins. Like, I think that's their, their where, where they're going to land. I have them kind of firmly in ink in the top four. To me, it's the Bucks, the 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 Sixers, the Celtics, and the Cavaliers as the top four in wow, the Eastern Cavs Conference. Wow, Cavs over mm. the heat, huh? 
Over the heat. I, Interesting, House. Huh? So okay. I, I, I just think, you know, the defensive identity, again, I'm knocking on woods that we get not, health. Jared Allen needs to, to be healthy. Oh, Mobley hopefully stays healthy throughout the whole whole season. But I just think what, what Donovan Mitchell is going to bring to the table, um, I don't have any issue with them. I just don't want to bet it. I don't want to have the exposure because I think it could land anywhere in, in those numbers. Um, and I just, there's, there's no particular value to jumping on the over from my perspective, but I don't have any reason to say anything bad about Cleveland. I really admire them going out very under the radar. What I made me kick myself. I went and looked back this summer at the odds for where Donovan Mitchell was going to land. I don't know why I did this. He Cleveland ha- was sitting there at 35 to one. And I really like, damn, they, 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 why didn't we think this through a little bit better and just throw a little bit of, oh, that would have been a nice that cash, one, right? man. That would have nice been a nice ticket, right? Yeah. But I admire the Cavs. No, no, nothing bad to say about them. I just don't want um, anything to do with the, the total. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this goes over. I mean, you guys mentioned the defensive identity. And to me, I, they were headed for more than 47 wins last year before Sexton and Rubio got hurt. Yeah. And they, they finished with 44 wins. Their expected win total was 47 and 35. I think Donovan Mitchell, along with Darius Garland, adds that much more. So I, I think this is probably a 50-win team. And it's just, look, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, they had some chemistry issues. Like, there was a stat last year that Donovan Mitchell was averaging two passes per game to Rudy Gobert, despite sharing the floor just 30 minutes a game. I think things are going to be different with Jared Allen and and and, and Mobley. I just I, I really do. So it's just like I, I really like this team coming into this year. And I think bigger staff, like he probably could have won coach of the year last year. So I, I love this class team. And I like, look, I'm not going to do it, but. I wouldn't be mad if I if any of you took a flyer on them to, to win a division at plus three fifty because I I do think look if anybody gets hurt from the Bucks the Bucks could just focus on getting to the playoffs like they've been there and done it already the Cavs are out to prove themselves so at plus three fifty I don't think it's a it's a bad bet to win the Central Division oh look at this I'm putting a star next to plus three fifty now I have it in pencil because I'm old but and I now I, that's an interesting little bit of value right there. I like you're talking me into wanting a little bit of exposure on this Cavs team because what if they do shoot the moon? I want something there. Plus 350. I love it, Dream. Boys, there's a lot to chew on here. The Eastern Conference in the books. We get to do the Western Conference, though. So buckle up. Raheem, you promised me a surprise team, so you better not let me down when we talk about the Western Conference. Oh, I, I got a good one that you're going to love. I, and I'm going to get involved because if there's a flyer and there's a long side value... That's right up House and Eyes Alley, you know? It That's really what we is. love. <laughs> That's what we like. Bring it from the rear, Dream. Bring it from the rear, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Great job by Wargon Warrior. The boys are out. We'll have the Western Conference previewed every which way. East Coast Bias signing off. Be good, everybody.